0: was that your intention no <coughs> no not no but since you got that reaction you just you played it up right I
1: mean, yeah well because he always would be like oh, you know you gotta stand out and gotta be memorable like well there you go you know you keep thinking about that picture right it haunt them. sure it would make for a, probably a terrible like front uh cover of a wimbledon magazine which was like the assignment you would, you're would always everybody would talk thinking about that back to yeah. the
0: front cover one year and they had that. They'd all wouldn't they? Wouldn't they be talking? about that Yeah,
1: cover? and that's I think when we yeah. were talking about Instagram. Yeah, and the fact that there's so much content. Right. All the time. Right. Like, how do you even stand out on Instagram? Like, I can scroll through my feed and you're lucky like i give your post a second of an attention i might scroll past it yep. and there was this one post where instagram failed and it didn't load the picture it was all white Oh, I remember this. and i scrolled past it i'm like wait what was that <laughs> and i scrolled back and looked at you got it got your attention and that was that's what got my attention and that's the, like the same thing like nothing was Produced, You're like, what is this? Nothing? Yeah. Which, I don't think it was a white image. It was just Instagram. It was a just, glitch. It glitched, yeah. And it didn't load the picture, but it also didn't show the, the round arrow to load it or whatever. It was just white space. And that's what got my attention. I remember that. God, I forgot all about that conversation. So it's like, not doing anything. Got somebody. Or, well, they did something, but... Because of that glitch, it was basically like not doing anything. That's what gave them attention. They probably got a huge spike in viewership on that one. Well, I don't know if it glitched on everybody's phone. Oh, there you go. That's true, too. But between that person and me, he or she got suddenly more attention.
0: Because I don't think I've ever seen that on Instagram. I don't think I've ever seen... It just usually doesn't load the next image if if my internet connection is slow. Yeah. I've never seen a white like a blank space where there should have been. You know. Yeah. But that's kind of cool. I forgot all about that. That that's what made
1: it like work. <laughs> that's like the other, you know, like on that that scale of producing things. Yeah. You can try. It. You can really try and make something amazing. I still scroll past it probably. Absolutely. Don't or you, <laughs> you, yeah. you upload a wide image, yeah. I'm going to look at it for five seconds, yeah. figuring out if you actually intended to post a wide image.
0: Yes. Yeah, one of my, um, the guys that I did a podcast with this guy again, this Weber, I, I asked him about the um, internet, and I said, he's a, he was originally a magician, but he's gone into all kinds of other things, and, and I said, you know, does the internet affect people? Is there a negative correlation between the internet and people? Meaning, you know, if I use the navigation in here and, you know, it's gonna make, my, make me stupid. Or, or we're talking about how it's harder to be somebody who's gonna get people's attention because of all the imagery. He didn't feel that there's any difference. He didn't feel there's any difference between this and uh, TV when it came out. Mm-hmm. or when the electric guitar came out after the acoustic guitar, or when radio came out. He said every time in history when a thing would come out that supposedly was going to fuck us all up, it never. in the end it never really did. He even went all the way back to the cave paintings in Glasgow and made a joke about how <laughs> one, of the, one of the cavemen would sit in the cave and just stare at the painting all day long, and all the other cavemen were like, What's wrong with that man? Why doesn't he hunt anymore? He just <laughs> stares at that cave all day long. <laughs> but, um, so I think
1: that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it messes anything up, it just changes things. Right. right. I mean, based on what we just talked about, the whole flood of imagery or whatever you know, gave that that blank image the potential <laughs> to be something all of the sudden. That's interesting. You know? That's interesting. Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: Without that flood, it would have been just like, okay, whatever, it's a wide picture. You know? Right. That's interesting. But now you're looking at it the other way. That's interesting. Because right. you're so overwhelmed with everything that nothing is suddenly something.
0: There's that contrast. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I think uh, it's like you know
1: sensory overload, and then nothing is suddenly.
0: That's going to be hugely dramatic, hugely effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. So in the end of the those classes on conceptual and you what did you take away from that if anything
1: um it it helped me um a little bit because it was kind of freeing because i didn't have to be um perfect about anything Hmm. Like especially with the whole Photoshop thing, the whole rule was to not, you know, I wouldn't redo it. It's like that's what it gave me. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, which is why I was trying to get more into the whole uh, like Polaroid, got one of the big Fuji Film ones. Ooh yeah. Because did
0: you get one of those?
1: Yeah. Uh, I should shoot more with it because the whole idea was that I'm trying to be, make something like perfect. Yeah. And then like perfected more in Photoshop and then I finally show it and then you have people like Cliff and it's still not right and then you perfect it more. Okay. And the whole Polaroid thing was like, I have no control. Yes. I can't do anything to the exposure. Yeah. I can't do any post-processing. I can't control the printing. Nothing. Like composition, press a button, hope for the best.
0: Right. Done. And then it goes up on my wall. What does that mean to you, to do that, to give up all that control? Because you, you are very good at all that stuff. And you enjoy those dialing and all those aspects of... Yeah. What is the duty uh, to shoot a Polaroid and
1: let that just be it? The the hope was that it's more freeing to to focus more on, on the moment. And the whole fact that you I mean with the Fuji film it's not expensive. I think it's like eighty cents.
0: Oh, okay But you
1: know, yeah it's it really slows you down. Right. And then with the Polaroid, even more so than just film, because you get it right away. Mm-hmm. It's like very memorable moments. Mm-hmm. Like I have a couple Polaroids hung up and I took one in Amsterdam okay. and it, it came out really nice of this like bridge with the sunlight coming out underneath and like one of those canal things. Okay.
0: And, uh, because of the light? Because of the available light or the composition or all of it? Composition because it was symmetrical but just good lines.
1: I mean, you know, it couldn't be crooked. Like, on my digital camera, I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll fix it in post if it's slightly off. Yeah, interesting. You know, but the Polaroid's like, no, you've got to nail it. It's got to be in camera. In camera, you've got to get it straight. That's interesting. And um, I had my T3i in Amsterdam. I took one picture, and like, nope, put it back in the bag. <laughs> Why? Why? I wasn't feeling it. Too yeah. much work. Yeah, right. Polaroid, this looks cool, click. Shit came out dark, whatever. It's what it is not now. Not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. But I'm going to remember cool. that moment.
0: Yes. So you're not a slave to the taking of the imagery at that in that situation. Yeah. Because you don't have to tweak it and you don't have to think about it later on. I'll fix that in post. Or
1: that, or yeah, I mean, you know, it was vacation time. I didn't want to
0: be like, oh, if I take this picture, I'm going to have
1: to import it in Lightroom again and then do this to it and this. Or maybe I'll just never look at it again.
0: Yes, you may never see it again.
1: You know, with the Polaroid. You I mean, deal with it in a few minutes. I ripped a couple apart because i like, this is, this is pointless. But Was it? Yeah, should a couple
0: Next time I get one of those, send it to me. I'd like to see a pointless photograph. (laughs) Well, it was
1: all dark, I think. Or the one was completely blown out. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, no, I need to shoot. I want to come up with something
0: and start a series just with that. That'd be killer. I'd love to see
1: that. Yeah, because I feel like that would, or, I mean, that was the whole idea that gives me, fun aspect of it again right right because I don't have to worry about
0: anything right it's, that's it it's done yeah yeah oh, I would love to see that
1: yeah. I mean almost I I almost did the whole project on white walls with that you know you just shoot white walls with that mm-hmm. it might completely like just blow out every wall you got just all these these polaroids
0: of white walls yeah yeah
1: which, that actually reminds me of, I went to one of Justin's shows and like Culver City or wherever it was. Okay. And uh, I think it was the other artist's project, but it was driving me nuts because it was these Polaroids and they were hung up with the the print side facing the back. So all you would see is oh, the all the... Backs. You would all just see the black backs black of birds. or yeah, you know yeah. of the Polaroids like, I wanna know what's on the other side. So was that the point of it do you think? The part of it, yeah. They had something written on it too. I don't remember it that well, but like I wanna know. <laughs> it's like I think Angel was it that did a project. I don't remember it that well. But it was for the conceptual class, okay. and he kind of ran out of time and everything. So basically, what he did was he just put this sheet of um, black and white photo paper into like the the sleeve and, I and, remember and this. hung that up. <laughs> yes. So it's like you can't just pull it out. Yes, because who knows if it's even developed, <laughs> yeah. you know. If it's not, you pull it out, it's ruined. Right. You could pull it out in the dark room, maybe, but that's not the point. The Mm. whole point is that something is apparently, you know, it might have never been in that sleep. Who knows? There you go, right. So that's like kind of the same thing. Mm. And that curiosity like kills Mm. you. (laughs) Like,
0: what did you take a picture of? Did you even take a picture of anything? That's one reason that I, you know, created these podcasts. Uh, I have a background in audio, and um, as a matter of fact, some people that I've done this with, they were—they showed up very beautiful, and I said, no, there's no video, it's just this, you know. But I feel that audio, um, even though it's not very interesting <coughs> to a lot of people, audio is extremely seductive, because of what you don't see, yeah. you know, you just hear people talking, and you would not listen to me, or I wouldn't listen to you as carefully when with all this visual going on, all the distractions, and the way you look, that sets a tone to me. But if I just hear your voice, yeah. it's much more seductive, and much, you just, it just lets you focus a little better. So, similar thing. You know. I think the Polaroid's backwards on the wall is a little thin, That's <laughs> my opinion. But, let's um, gonna use another word, but but, um, <laughs> well, it's like. But I can't judge art. No, I oh, art, right? It's like that
1: slit up canvas thing, you know? Like, oh, well, I could have shot some Polaroids and put them backwards onto a thing. Right. 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 I mean, like I said, they had something written on it. Like, there was uh, a deeper message about it, and the whole thing, I believe, was uh, also about racial issues and things like that. Okay. But if you just take the whole aspect of. Around polar
0: Right. Now, th- that's an interesting thing that I would like to get your opinion on. Like, I I feel like, and I've been told, I think I talked to David about this a little bit. If I go to a thing and I see art, I went to this thing recently, it was like the Adidas uh, something beyond the streets or something like that. So, they had all these graffiti artists at this place in the art district. They, man this installation was humongous dude it was like rooms upon rooms it looked like I was at the fucking Museum of natural history or something gigantic. <laughs> then outside they replicated Venice skate park from like I think the 70s or something like that uh-huh. or not skate park the plaza at Venice so so but, but, but I'm going off on a tangent but but I feel like um, when you have to when I have to read that little placard. Or if somebody has to explain to me this is about racism, but they failed as an artist. You know, like, why can't I read it? I'm a human being. <laughs> is that just a bunch of bougie people just trying to bullshit you that they didn't communicate good enough? And you're just stupid because you don't get it, so you obviously this is about racism. You just don't understand what I was going for when I created this. Yeah, because you didn't do a good job. Or am I wrong about that?
1: Um, well, sometimes, like, it's just the way they saw it, you know, to them it might be so simple. Like, I I sometimes, I feel like sometimes I make jokes that you have to think about, for, some people have to think about it, and you have to think, like, kind of, I don't know if that expression exists in English, but in German, you would say you have to think about like around the corner. Okay. You know? Okay. Like, it's not straightforward. Okay. Right. Like, sometimes I feel like that almost gets me in, in trouble. Or people look at me weird, because... Why? Well, because it's so sarcastic or whatever, and they <laughs> don't get that. someone I think they love and about you. they think, I don't know, they probably
0: think You're not think behaving I'm, today, are you? Because you know you're sarcastic? Cause you don't have to behave. I just want you to know that. I want you to uh, regret this interview. I don't want you to be happy, to John Ray. I want you to regret what you said. Uh, I'm just
1: joking. But what if I sell a three million dollar photograph and then they find this podcast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll find some way to spin that. You're like oh, I was just fucking with Ken Hod. I didn't. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Do no, you but, think you have to explain it? You have to think of art's art. Does art have to be explained?
1: No, but sometimes I, I see things. I'm like, oh, this could mean this. But other people, they would never get it until I explain it. What, I just, what does that mean? What I just saw. Well, that's just your way of.
0: Didn't the art fail in that situation? Shouldn't. If I hand you a hamburger and you eat it and you're like, that's good, that hamburger succeeded, right? Yeah, but if I hand your hamburger and you and you eat it and you're like, ah, that's what is that? That's a hamburger. That's, you know, it's it's ground beef and, and you know we eat a lot of them here in America. And I'm explaining this <laughs> thing. Well, the hamburger failed, didn't it? Yeah, but does it have to be so obvious? I don't you know. I'm just asking. I'm just saying, does art have to have a story? Like if I draw a painting and it's supposed to make you, I feel it means this. I have to tell you it means that because I'm such a shitty painter that the painting doesn't just tell you that. I have to, I have to give you a tour or a definition of what I did.
1: Yeah, because sometimes you gotta express it different.
0: What does that mean?
1: Well, we do it all the time too, just with language, you know. Like. Sometimes you don't go up to somebody and like, oh, fuck you, you know, just because mm-hmm. you, you don't like them or whatever. Right. You might even say like kind of sarcastically, well, have a good day, yeah. you know. So Passive-aggressive. Yeah, uh-huh. so you express it different, but mm-hmm. if you really boil it down, the meaning was still the same. Mm. But mm. was it, you know, would it be as effective if you are straightforward? Instead of spinning in a different way.
0: Hmm. Interesting, right? You that's know. right. That, I could see that.
1: Because I mean, if you're trying to express something, that's obviously your opinion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you just say your opinion straightforward and in like the most basic way, might not work as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so or people um, would just move
1: on if you do like a weird art piece like what is that you know there's now they're spending time thinking about it and then then you'd start reading it like oh Mm -hmm. there's also this other thing that I learned in Justin's class which I never thought about but the whole thing that you know a lot of art is based on other art derivative yeah so um if you don't know the previous
0: art piece, right. it doesn't make any sense to you. To me, that sounds like, again, a contrived thing. It sounds like it's conditioning. <laughs> it sounds like you're being taught what art is because you're too stupid to see it. And if you don't know that this is modern, it's because you didn't see the old stuff. Of course this is modern. Look at the color palette. Look at the whatever, you know. So that you're being taught what art is so that you'll go fork down your 3000 bucks for that thing. <laughs> But, did, but would you really see it you know or were you just taught it, is it so so art is a, a, is, it a is it a cumulative um, consensus you know like is it just what most people feel that this is art so this is going to be art Most people feel that this is high art it's worth a lot more money so that's why you should well, like this Yeah I mean there's a group of people that basically
1: dictates what's worth something and what's not. That 's kind of weird, isn 't it? Well, because art is a business oh and that aspect, and then there's everybody else is like, oh, art is like the freedom, but it's not. can art like you can express yourself with art, yeah, but doesn't have anything to do with the art, art.
0: <laughs> so the value of the art is is um created from the uh businessmen creating value around it, or is it just that was the
1: whole idea of what david was talking about with the con artists and stuff it's like one once you're in that circle can do whatever you want just charge money and so now you're sort of like because now you're respected like you've earned the the title
0: basically that's interesting so your art could even become shittier and you'd still get paid that same money because you're deemed as an actual artist or sure
1: that's just seems I mean I'm so, sure uh... musicians have done that too you know
0: yeah but I think that like take music for instance if you music used to be all in records so they there may be 10 or 12 songs on a record turn it over Six or five on each side, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you'd have to, if you liked a certain song, you know, you you'd, um, you had to buy the record. And the record companies would make the band make a whole record, even though they knew that only one song would probably become popular.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they'd, you know, so you'd have to go buy this whole record, and you find that one song you like, you drop the needle there and listen to the song. <laughs> and you listen to the rhythm, oh, it's just crap, and you know, put it back to that one, you know. Now, and then fast forward, mp3s come along, and digital, so now you don't have to listen to the whole record, you can just listen to that song you like. So, you know, all that other filler, they call it filler, Mm -hmm. you know, that these people selling art, which was in the form of auditory art, songs. It doesn't work anymore. No. Even though experts told them that that's art. The art that existed that, that survived was stuff that people still like, whether it was complicated or simple, stupid, um, but for some reason it resonated with people. So what, 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 I wonder what would happen in the fine art world, and I don't know anything about fine art. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, but you know, t- music like that. Yeah a consumer product. Okay. Is fine art a consumer product? That's well, if you're purchasing some picture for three thousand or three million dollars, I mean, you, you are a consumer. You're purchasing a product. They're giving you an object.
1: Yeah, but that's a, a lot smaller customer base than somebody's record.
0: But it's still a consumer transaction. You're right, it's a smaller customer base, but it's still... Some people drive a Lexus there's probably less people that can afford a Lexus than it could afford, you know, like a Toyota. Does that mean that the Lexus is a different level of vehicle?
1: Well, it's seen as it. Perception. It's a beefed-out Camry.
0: (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's true. I love Camrys. I love you know why I love Camrys. It's not trying to be anything other than what they are. Just, well,
1: the new ones look pretty slick and they? sporty. Yeah,
0: I like them. Those things last forever, and I I, I like them just because they're simple. I, I'm not a car guy, so yeah. for me, I don't care about all that shit, you know. And so um, yeah, I rented a Camry once when I was in Colorado. I have like a little Honda Fit, you know, mm-hmm. but I'd totally buy a Camry. And all my friends would just tease me. <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's, I just think it's interesting that whole. And my friend Michael Weber, who I respect, you know, immensely. He says it's, that's the stupidest question I could ask anybody. <laughs> Is this <laughs> hard? Is that It's This boring, boring question. <laughs> but I do want to. I do like to talk to you about it because I respect you, you know. And so it's interesting to hear your perceptions on that.
1: Well, I don't think about it too much because I don't have any influence
0: on it mm-hmm.
1: you know, or I don't, I don't know what you know.
0: you know I asked you this question before this could be our last question um, but like and I asked you this in the lab one time you know like how do you like live in this country Germany in your case and determine you're going to go to school in some other country live in that culture how do you do that? Like how do you I couldn't even imagine even though I'm Japanese, I could never <laughs> fucking go to Japan and take some curriculum in Japan and then work in Japan. I would just not wanna do that.
1: I I don't know, at home in Germany everybody started doing the same thing. They're all like, ah, I wanna be an engineer. They're looking for engineers right now. I'm like, okay, well, you go do that. I'm not that great in math and I don't know maybe it sounds stupid to say but I like to do things different like not be different on purpose okay I'm like just you know think a little different sometimes which you know because you were talking about being conditioned earlier I think that's, like, a big part of it. Like, I watch no TV at all. Mm -hmm. And then you hang out with somebody that watches, like, a lot of TV. Mm -hmm. They're conditioned to think different. Yes. You know? I mean, it doesn't just have to be TV. It could be anything. Yep. It's culturally, too, which... um, over here I always and at, at Cyprus too I like the mix of people yeah. from all over the world Yeah, that's kind of what what bugs me about Germany how's that it's like, a lot the of the same yeah I mean we have like all the Turkish people from like you know back in the day when they would bring them to work there and uh, a lot of like people that fled the wars um, in Yugoslavia and all that, or former Yugoslavia, but all those countries. And um, now we have all the refugees from Syria and and African countries too. Okay. So it's gotten more diverse, but those groups like to stick to them themselves. During the beginning of their sort of assimilation
0: into society, because of how new they are to that country. Maybe. Because most cultures do that when they come yeah. to a new place, they kind of stay together. And, I mean, you know. it makes sense, but.
1: And it obviously, it's not all of them. But over here, it's just more mixed. Yeah. And the, That's so I, interesting I always, to me. I always like that about here. Because like, ah, oh, you know, over here. Korean friend, Vietnamese friend, Mexican friend, Guatemalan friend, yeah. white friend, black friend, whatever, you know. I like the diversity, and everybody brings something different to the table. But, uh, There's a strength in that, isn't there? There is, but the funny thing is also that, um... single for a while and I've been trying to date Yeah. and I noticed that sometimes that makes things more difficult
0: for some reason. How so? What do you mean? Um,
1: I've noticed it because I see my German friends on Instagram that are like, they're my age, Maybe like one or two years older, but they're all getting married already. That you
0: know? t- How old are you
1: now? I'm 25.
0: Yeah, that's the time. That's amazing. But um, some are even getting their first house. Yeah. Some have children already, and you can't, you can't look at that and think you can't compare yourself to that.
1: I'm, I'm not trying to, but I noticed that it's it's more of a thing over there because, well, I mean, I am in a different country too. But, you know, they grew up in the same culture, they they like the same things, they, they're they used to the same way of living. Okay. So, you have all these common factors that are, like, they're already the same. Mm-hmm. So all you have to find is somebody... That you're attracted you, you, to. You, yeah. Is. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I can find a lot of people over here that I'm, like, visually attracted to or... Okay. Or the character attracts me, or whatever. But there's a lot of other things that, <coughs> that don't align that well, maybe.
0: Would that actually interfere with the relationship, or the or the making of one? I don't know. I, I don't believe it does, personally. I mean, I feel like um, I've met people in Japan. I've met people. I've did, I did a lot of uh, traveling when I was younger with the musical act and. Like, I, and like, you know, you, just like even you, you know, like, you and I aren't anywhere close in age. And, but, you know, um, I, you were just one of those people that I like to talk to and I like to listen to at the lab, you know. It has nothing to do with that you're from Germany, that you're not, that we share a cultural background. None of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and as a matter of fact, most of all the people that I've done these podcasts with, they're people that I, on my own, were friends with already. And, and that helps me to do these, you know, because it's, because I find you guys interesting general, you know, so I don't think that's, I just agree with worrying about that kind of thing, and and I I think you could, I don't think love is that easily a a formula. Yeah. Like, it's so complex, like, why do people like each other? Why are people comfortable with a certain person? I could never explain that, I don't know. I think you'll find that, I mean, anywhere, in the least expected place. I think if you look for love, you'll never find it. (laughs) Well, maybe you still will, but... You have no control over that happening. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It's just something that I, there, there's something there that I've noticed in in some way, but...
0: Right. Really? So you think it's possibly because of the lack of the similarity in cultural, the cultural thing? Possibly.
1: Sometimes I think it can at least slow things down. Hmm. Or, um,
0: Couldn't that also be an appeal to somebody? It could be. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's interesting. So you were different. You you like diversity. You you were sick of everything being the same. I mean, when I went to Japan the first time I saw, it, it was like, I was at the subway station. It was just like a sea of black hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd never seen
0: anything like that. It's like an ocean of just black hair. And it didn't bother me because I didn't live there. You know, I was mm-hmm. kind of fascinated by it. But but it did feel kind of like a prison, a little bit. To me, maybe because I'm an artist or I don't know, it did kind of feel like a prison a little bit. Was that what it was for you? Do you you think? There was some level of OCD that bothered you, that everything was the same, that it was all going to turn out the same?
1: Uh, It could be. I mean, this whole thing of like, it feels so pre-programmed, like, oh, that's how you live your life. You know, you can go to university for free over there. Yep. And, uh, you know, become an engineer, start working for Mercedes. Yep. Buy your own Mercedes, you build your little house, find your wife, Mm
0: -hmm. make children.
1: You clean it every Saturday at 9 (laughs) a.m.
0: With your Q tips and your uh, spray bottles. Wouldn't be bad. I don't know. It wouldn't be bad. Either, but Uh,
1: just seeing something different, being in a different environment. I mean, I noticed that too, which maybe it's even a bad thing that I'm going back to Cyprus. Why? Um, I'm the most productive when I'm uncomfortable.
0: Sure, I agree with
1: that. And I know I'm way too comfortable right now (laughs) with everything in life. Okay. And that's why I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. I agree. I'm the same way. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how Cyprus goes. I
0: agree. How do you think Cyprus is going to factor into that comfort thing? Why would it Uh, be negative? Because I know it so well. Ah, but you're and in a different f- curriculum. Yeah. Go so take but... color theory. I was like a fucking fish out of water, <laughs> dude. I was like just so fucking deficit of what they do and what they... And they all kind of know it and they kind of look at me like, you, you're you one of those guys that pushes the button. You know, <laughs> you know you, you're not an artist. And, I, and, and, you know, it was tough. It was tough all the way through. It was mm-hmm. tough all the way through. But I did get something out of it. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and it was uncomfortable the whole time. And I was used to being in some photo class. Because and, and, for me, that was uncomfortable the first time, too. Because you guys are so good. And uh, even though I would worked some, uh, somewhat in that field for a while, I never had taken a lot of classes. in it, to see you know, what you guys do, it was actually difficult for me in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. so our class is sort of the same thing over again. So, it was so maybe business will be, you know, uncomfortable. Maybe. Because it sounds like they're closer to the people that you ran from, from Germany, you know? They're business people. (laughs) They all have this agenda and they're thinking just about numbers and organization and their plan and da-da-da-da. Maybe that'll bother you enough to motivate you.
1: Maybe. Hopefully.
0: (laughs) You know, if it doesn't, just change the plan. Yeah. Just a semester out of your life, you know? Well...
1: Kind of have to go to school to stay here, so right that's like the thing. And so sometimes I wonder if I should just
0: move back. Yeah, I was going to ask about this. What is it? What, what makes you think about what, what keeps you here?
1: It's still the diversity. I mean, with everything, it's just the diversity. Does really you, bad. that
0: appeals to you?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what it is about being here, but i always told people, you know, sometimes you can cross a street here, like a simple street, and suddenly everything is different. Mm-hmm. The wow. people are different, they act different, you know. Wow. It's, the houses suddenly look different. You're right. And... um Yeah. That's very And cool. I mean I, and I know this being here means a lot to me because one and a half years ago when I went home like after 3 years of being here. Yeah. I was the first time I was back home again. I was in my, my actually like in my own room, yeah. in my own bed yeah. for the first time after 3 years. And I'm just laying there, crying, Interesting. being homesick at home. Interesting. To just come back here. That's all the proof you need. Yeah, and I was terrible for the first three days. I'm like, I don't want to be here.
0: So you, so that's that's, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, that's heavy. And I didn't expect that. That surprised you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I even uh, I had a girlfriend at that point mm-hmm. in Germany from here. Okay, and I went with her, and like I don't know, it, maybe it would have been worse without her actually, because that was the one piece, basically, from here, from here. that I have with well, she me. She went.
0: She went okay. Right. Maybe I don't know. That's pretty cool. Those are those those the, those things you just said really are amazing to me. Like the thing about how you can cross the street and everything is different, and that you know in America we don't like that. You know we maybe we'll go to Beverly Hills and would say, oh it's really nice in the one neighborhood, but just one street over and oh my God, you better be careful. Yeah. <laughs> you know like that's kind of where the, the way California is, yeah, don't you think?
1: It it forces you to adjust a little bit.
0: No, it's actually I think it's absolutely healthy from a from that standpoint. But I've never seen it. It was sort of really neat to to hear you say that, like, it, it made me rethink the way I look at things.
1: Because it, it just adds to the diversity. Mm-hmm. Might be good, might be bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you go in the neighborhood, like, ooh, better turn around, you know? <laughs> I mean, Oscar took me on a shoot, I'm like, dude, why did you ask me to assist? Like, you can't bring a white boy in this neighborhood. Really? Why? I, I don't know, but everybody was looking at me weird too.
0: Really? Maybe it's because you were uncomfortable.
1: Could be. I mean, it was unexpected. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't care for it, you know.
0: Fine. I I um feel more uncomfortable in really nice neighborhoods than in neighborhoods where people are poor. Like I I um mm-hmm. I was shooting um, this girl named Amajay in a city called Compton. So Tony Hawk had built a he had built a skate park in Compton, which is only down that 91 freeway. I don't yeah. Know. And the skate park was closed, but everybody was skating, and my, this girl, Amajay, she's in there skating, and there's all these little kids there, and they're like, come on in, you know, there's a hole in the side of the wall. <laughs> and I said, okay, you know, and so I hand them all my photo gear through the thing, which people might think, oh, that's crazy, <laughs> strange kids, you don't know them. And then I try to get through the thing, and, you know, in the end I was too fat, I couldn't get through the thing. <laughs> I was like, you know, I can't get through the thing, you know. It must have you been a heavy. really small hole, though. It was pretty small. No, I'm fat. And then so and so the kids I said, Kids hand me my shit back and so they hand me all my gear back and I said, Amaj, oh, I can't we can't we have to go somewhere else and shoot, you know, so we gotta go somewhere else, you know. And peop and there are many people that would be very afraid to go to that neighborhood to photograph. And those kids are just so and I've shot there before and I've skated there before. And I've never felt unsafe. Yeah. Now, maybe if something happened between people in that neighborhood, I'd be unsafe if, if bullets flew or something like that and, and I was in the way of a bullet and, but they wouldn't yeah. like, just look at me because I'm different and like we're going to fuck with you because you're different. At least I didn't experience that. Yeah. You know? Um, now if I go to like a, a really nice city there's a skate park there like a beach or something like that mm-hmm. or not Venice but like a nice where all the houses look the same I'll steal my fucking backpack dude. <laughs> They're in, the kids there are generally not always but generally kind of entitled and snooty mm-hmm. not so trustworthy yeah so I've actually had an opposite experience you know um, but that's just my
1: you know well, that reminds me of like and I don't know why it keeps happening to me or maybe it's just normal but if I I mean I told you that I don't shoot much yeah just for fun but every time I do yeah somewhere in a public place somebody has an issue with it really yeah (laughs) like what are you taking pictures of like
0: um, really people say that
1: yeah i was with the other photographer um we stopped at his house to get um a lens or something and his neighbor had really nice flowers but not like in the front yard but the part like next to the sidewalk okay. which i believe is usually considered city property okay right but you just take care of it right and i mean nobody was around it's like eleven thirty, you know a.m nobody's out everybody's at work mm-hmm. as the split second i pull out my camera dude comes running out what are you taking pictures of uh these flowers why <laughs> what uh, they're pretty flowers so you just drive around neighborhoods taking pictures of flowers wow uh, yeah kind of you that's,
0: <laughs> you just met a kook dude that's just yeah, a but kook.
1: stuff like that keeps happening to me and like it discourages me wow i like to roll film
0: with you for, we gotta go do a shoot i want to roll film
1: on how you, you like the, the second i i pull out a camera somebody gets like offended You know, like I'm not taking pictures of your stupid house. Yeah, I took a pic right down the street from here in La Mirada. Yeah, for one of Cliff's assignments. Yeah, and I mean it was even worse that he like absolutely fucking hated the picture. (laughs) I'm in the middle of the street, (laughs) like I like that yellow fire hydrant in the middle of the green grass. Okay, so I kind of you know squat down in the middle of the street. Trying to get the composition right. Just how I like it. Sun's coming down and stuff. Get a little flare, like sweet. Dude pulls up. What are you taking pictures of? My neighbor's house? What? Uh, no, the fire hydrant. It's the same story again, you know? Like, why are you harassing me almost over here?
0: I've never had that happen. Even
1: if I was taking pictures of your neighbor's house, uh-huh. you can't do anything. I'm on the middle of the street.
0: That's exactly right, yeah. You know? That's right, that's true. Yeah.
1: And, uh... Yeah, every wow. time.
0: You got some kind of radar. Apparently, but it's really frustrating. I put, like, a variable lens on there and have it set to portrait mode, you know, and just... When the guy comes out, then shoot him, you know? Yeah. That'd be your shot. Because you're, you're, you're apparently tra- attracting angry homeowners. Apparently. Paranoid or something. They must be doing something that is bad if they're worried about you taking a picture of their flower bed. Yeah. I mean, people's dogs go to the bathroom on people's yards and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't doing
0: anything to the flowers. Or, right. I know. I know people that go and pick flowers because they want to put them in their, <laughs> like, their pictures or imagery or their art. Yeah. They go to people's yards and just look around, make sure nobody's around, dump them in a bag or something like that. You're just, like, sh- shooting photographs.
1: Yeah, like what's wrong with taking pictures of flowers? You know, I keep questioning it too. That's but weird. like, the, oh, you just drive around taking pictures of flowers? Like, yeah, dude. That's you know, I do. that's <laughs> what I do.
0: That's weird. I never that's heard like, that. Uh, it's frustrating. I never had that happen. And I've done street photography, you know.
1: But yeah, every couple of months I pull a camera out and boom, there's somebody. Having a problem with it.
0: <laughs> well, I can see your version of photography now. <laughs> so you're done with Cypress College because you, you graduated and you got your thing. Didn't you graduate at the same time as Rosa? and Yeah. Oscar, maybe?
1: Oscar and Alicia?
0: Okay, yeah
1: yeah we all got photo degrees
0: do you do anything else you know for photos education meaning YouTube videos or clinics or no nothing
1: mm-hmm. I mean the most I learn is probably from the other photographer at work mm. just the way he goes about things cause he's you know, he never went to school. He never had a teacher like Cliff that's like, oh, you could do this better and this better and yeah. this better and this better. And, yeah. you know, the shadow right here. And you could have fixed that in Photoshop. Yeah. He just yeah. is like, I like that. I'm going to shoot it. And if when I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, this could have been done. That, that, that.
0: And then our supervisor
1: looks at it and like, yeah,
0: it's good. And boom, goes on Instagram, done. So he has a vision. You like the fact that he has a vision and then he just gets it. He just does it.
1: Because to me, that's what stops me. I see something like, ah, this is not right. This is not right. That's why the Polaroid. Yeah. And then I don't even shoot it, you know. He doesn't care. He just shoots. That's where I need to get back to. Not worrying about it. Just shoot it.
0: That's interesting. Have you ever read the book... um... Zen and the Inner Game of Tennis.
1: No. This sounds interesting.
0: My, my old drum mentor, a man named Roy Burns. He, I, just, I just attended his funeral maybe a week ago. He was a, a wonderful drum hero and celebrity and all that. Um, he, my first drum lesson with him. I took a music store and I took for a while and. And then somehow, I don't think, I think the music store might have closed or whatever, but he kind of lived near me, so he said, you know, I'll give you lessons at your house. And I was like, wow, Roy Burns going <laughs> to come to my house? And so he came to my house and went, he looked at my bedroom, and it was just a fucking mess, you know? And he said, um, he goes, okay, so um, clean your room. That'll be $50. <laughs> I was just, and $50, you know? He goes, I'll see you next week thing in my room, you know. <laughs> but anyways, um, um, amongst all these books on drumming technique and etc., um, he told me to read this book called, you know, Zen and the Inner Game of Tennis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they talk about an interesting thing and it kind of parallels what you're talking about, which is that and I'm paraphrasing, but there's some thing about a guy who's a tennis instructor and he teaches people how to play tennis. He tells them all this shit about, you do this and that and you put your hand, put the thumb there and all the... You know, and then it takes them forever to learn how to play tennis which is fine because he makes a ton of money you know, yeah. because it's, you know it takes a long time to teach people in that way, like, so descriptive <laughs> so descriptive
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then he, 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 just for one, a reason he thinks I'm going to just try a different approach this time because it takes so long so the new guy comes up and he just tells the guy you know, watch me do this uh, forehand mm-hmm. I don't know tennis And so he, he makes a stroke and he hits the ball and the guy watches him. And he goes, Now, just, you know, whatever I do, just try to do the same thing. Uh-huh. And the guy says, Okay, I see what you did. You kind of moved your feet. Okay, I'll try that. And so then the guy, who's never played tennis in his life, makes the stroke. And the tennis instructor's like, well, That's pretty good. You know? Like, he goes, But next time, move your feet. Uh-huh. And the guy goes, Oh, that's right. I forgot to move my feet. And so, you know, the, the lesson in that book is that we get in our own way. Our thoughts get in our own way. Yeah. And in that situation, the only part that that guy fucked up on was the part that he spoke of. Oh, i got to move my (laughs) feet, and then I do this thing. Yeah. And so by making it a thing, by saying it, by thinking it, that's the part he omitted. And everything else was pretty good. It wasn't like he was an expert. Yeah. But this tennis instructor learned that in his situation that people could learn much faster number one visually Mm -hmm. as opposed to reading it or hearing it spoken to them even if it's their own words Um, and that if you can get to a place in when you're playing tennis where it's thoughtless that's when you're really playing good tennis yeah so maybe that's something like with you you know like maybe that's the goal, you know, or something to experiment with, you know, taking the thought out of photography. The Polaroid is certainly that.
1: Yeah, just not overthinking things anymore, or at all. Yeah.
0: Because that's where you really get into trouble. Not you, but anybody is when, as soon as you think a thing, this goes against the whole percep- the whole fine art, deal, You know, you're polluting that thing. I feel.
1: Yeah. Um, it's like that, you know, that saying. Oh, it can't be done until uh, somebody came and didn't know that and it just did it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm an overthinker, so I'm not preaching to you or judging <laughs> you. I'm a, I'm a horrible overthinker. I mean, I could paralyze. I could paralyze myself with thinking about a thing before, and the thing won't even happen because I, yeah, you know. That's but, me
1: with pictures Okay. most of the time.
0: Yeah, but so that's a thing you might want to look into, you know. Um, I mean, that book's really cheap. And, but it's just that whole, that process might be an interesting process for you to play with. And I'm sure the Polaroid's are part of that. And, but to, Because you know how to make a picture. I mean, that's one thing you could say out of your time at Cypress College is that, you know, you could take a picture of a big thing and a little thing and anything in between. Yeah. You know, and um, it sounds like you're... The other photographer that he's channel got that dialed in somehow that to just do it, go straight to the thing and do it. Don't think it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I mean that's
1: what I I think that he's probably the biggest reason why I'm starting to slowly get more into shooting again. Because I saw that it, it can be done. Mm-hmm. And I saw what even can be done without using any Photoshop. Yeah. You know. Because obviously my thought process even goes through those steps. Absolutely.
0: You know. He, you know when you shoot a thing that you're going to be able to save it or do something to it later. Yeah. yeah. I mean he was
1: like yeah I can kind of use the spot healing brush. That's about it. You know. He doesn't know how to, or he didn't know how to fix things. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. so he never even worried about that. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> but it would never, but like your Polaroid, he wouldn't let that happen so much, right? I mean, I mean, if he can't, if he's getting a product that the boss is okay with, he's getting it pretty close-in camera. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that other way to do it.
1: Yeah that's that's the other thing that I I need to get more in camera too mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like too comfortable with, with Photoshop right like oh if I mess it up as long as it's in focus good but you can save it some yeah that's a long process but I mean I've done that to a lot of pictures you know like old pictures I just need to see potential and then I take it somewhere in Photoshop
0: I mean I I don't think there's anything wrong with that but I think that it could be daunting to know that this picture doesn't just end right here to know that I'm not just doing this that there's all this other stuff I could do Yeah. more thinking you know I don't know knowing
1: that you can do it is what keeps you from doing it
0: right exactly that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: so. Yeah, I was like th- tripping out on David because David, he loves Photoshop so much, David Whalen, that I feel like he doesn't even care what he shoots. Because he could take something, he could take like, the shittiest camera and take a picture of like me right here with a spotty light on me. And he'll just go and Photoshop. And he doesn't care if it takes him however long it takes him. And he can make it look like it was shot in a fucking studio. Yeah. Which I, I have no interest in that, but I mean, he i was like, why does he need a great camera? Why does he need good lighting? Because <laughs> he likes to do it the hard way. But to him, it's fun.
1: Well, but his end product is different. You know, his end product is something that is supposed to be a composite out of I don't know how many images. Yes. And things like that. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that's a little
0: different. That's true. I mean, but he but he's hoping that's going to happen. The more layers he has, the happier he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I think this was great. I mean, thanks for um, for talking. You know, I I, um, I feel like um, there's a lot more in there. Probably. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more. Some people we'll have to do a part two, but I feel like... Uh, and I'm really glad to do this because, you know, at the photo lab, there's not always a lot of time to chat. Because you might have to go somewhere.
1: Well, that's probably also the reason why it's, like, going down right now. No more open lab. You don't have the interaction between one-on-one students and advanced students anymore. Yep. Nothing like that. Um That's what I always liked. You know? Yeah. And I mean I learned a lot from the 101 students because Absolutely they don't have that conditioning yet. Absolutely. They think different still. Yep. Just like Rosa did with the folding of the paper.
0: Yeah. So not knowing the directions actually helped her.
1: Well I don't know if she
0: did or did not. Right.
1: But she probably didn't. <laughs> well, she's probably taking like four classes. Yeah, it's just, a, you know, last minute kind of thing. Like, what did we have to do? Oh, folded? Sure.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad, um, anyways, I'm glad that, 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 you know, to do this and, and, you know, we'll have to get together again sometime and. and have another chat because I feel like I feel like John, feel like John Ray's brain is a, just an immense amount of density there. <laughs>